Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. All right, welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin. Today, we have the privilege of having Work Matters COO, Ben Kirksey, with us. So welcome, Ben, to the program. Yeah, good to see you, Jonathan, and um, thanks for having me. Excited absolutely, to be here. absolutely. So Ben, tell us a little bit about Work Matters. You know, this is a, probably new to a lot of people in our audience here. We kind of have a national mm-hmm. spread out network and audience and Work Matters is located here in Northwest Arkansas, so some people would likely not have heard of it. So tell us a little bit about Work Matters and why does Work Matters matter in the world we're in right now? Yeah, um, I'd love to. So brief background, Work Matters was founded and ultimately launched out of Central United Methodist Church here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, um, as an interdenominational nonprofit in 2003. Okay. And for the last 18 years, like, like really from day one, our focus has been to close the gap between faith and work. And we do that by equipping Christians to integrate their faith and work. Okay. And that's looked different over the years. I mean, it's, you know, for the first 10 years or so, it was predominantly in Northwest Arkansas through an event and small group ministry. And then over the last, you know, five to eight years has really taken more of a national, international view with how can we you know, take the content, whether it's devotional or small group or event or training content, and really make that available on on a broader platform. Um, but from day one, the focus is to close the gap between faith and work through that equipping type of ministry. And I, I mean, you ask, uh, it's a good question. Like, why does work matters matter? Right. You know, what are what are we what are we really trying to do in the world? And and I think, um, I, I mean, I think at some level, like all of us wherever, whoever you are, I think at some level, we all want our life to matter, like to have purpose. Right. And if you're a follower of Jesus, like you need to know that where you spend the majority of your time and energy matters to him. But if you don't, like you're just kind of setting yourself up to lead, you know, at a, at a fundamental level, a, a disconnected, disconnected life, um, you know, where the overwhelming majority of your time is and talents invested in something that that you don't see a connection to, to your faith or to God. And so I think when you know your work matters um, to God, it, it, it confers on it just a basic level of dignity and purpose and really helps resolve that tension between, you know, what I'm good at or what I care about and, and what God is pleased with and what God cares about. And so I think for a lot of people, a lot of Christians, there's a knowledge gap um, to close for others that the knowledge or perspective is there, but there's an application gap to close. You know, right. how do I do it? And so, you know, work matters exists to close, to close that gap. Um, yeah. however it shows up. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, I've always been a, a fan of Work Matters and obviously known you for quite a while and known about the organization, interacted for years. Mm -hmm. Really love the conferences and the material and the heart. It's really, in my opinion, very authentic and engaging and, and relevant to people. There's some great expressions, you know, that we'll touch on about what Work Matters is doing. But can you tell me a little bit about your journey? So how do you end up in a senior yeah. leadership spot with Work Matters? Because that's quite a that's quite a, a journey for you, a lot of years. And, you know, what brought you in initially and what motivated you to take a leadership role with the organization? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's good. And I'm, I'll, I'll try to kind of hit the highlights um, to, for, to, to answer that. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, for me, um, I became a Christian shortly before college, uh, was in college in the early 2000s. So I'm, you know, kind of an old millennial, I guess you'd okay. say. Uh, but very much in that generation that's like starting to really be more, put more of a premium on like, you know, social cause, purpose driven, you know, how is, how is what I do like have a larger impact on, on the world. And, um, you know, from, I, I didn't have the language for it at the time, but from the early days of really learning to walk with the Lord in college, like I just had this sense that if, if Jesus is who he says he is, then he cares about more than simply what happens to me after I die. Right. Like, I, I think he cares about the here and now, and he cares about the broken places and problems on, on earth. And, you know, as I kind of went through school and then I did a program called teach for America after I graduated college and then okay. moved back to Arkansas and worked, worked in a company um, that was just full of people who were really trying to work out the implications of the gospel in the marketplace. And so um, that company is, is now called field agent. And okay. there's just a number of a number of of leaders there and ministries that were associated with them. Some of whom have been on your podcast before, right? Um, that were you know that were really trying to answer that question, like like how does the, how does the gospel really affect the way I understand work and vocation and purpose and mission? So much more exp expansively than just what happens to me after I die. And, um, and so it really started to give language to that impulse. And so early on in my time, um, at, at field agent, uh, myself and a couple of guys, Clay Bell and Josh Foley are put together a program kind of modeled after the summer discipleship experiences that, that crew and other college ministries had, okay. um, but really tried to create something that had that intentional discipleship element and the spiritual formation um, but connect it to vocation and an internship okay. and really help college upperclassmen connect this faith and this mission they've been exposed to in college to career. Okay. Um, it went really well after the first summer and we needed a nonprofit structure to come under. Um, and Work Matters was, was a ministry partner of our company and they were looking to have a more direct um a more direct way to, to kind of impact the younger generation. And so it was a really nice match. And so from about 2010 to 2012, I, I ran that program just sort of bivocationally and it got to a place where, you know, I really, it, it needed full-time leadership and I needed it. I needed to um, have a less consuming hobby. <laughs> um, and so kind of through, kind of through my own um, just couple month process of really, you know, seeking direction, um, you know, both my wife and I ended up joining Work Matters in January of 2013 to um, 
you know, really with kind of a charge to kind of set the longer term vision for that program and build the structure for it to get there. And, you know, I I came in with maybe a two to five year outlook for what that might look like. But over the years, um, you know, sort of as I've grown and as the organization has grown, um, you know, there's just kind of been a good fit for how I could best be useful. Um, and that's resulted in increased leadership. So, you know, here we are, um, just under nine years, um, you know, which for a millennial like me is probably two or three careers. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You're really leaning into this and it's, uh, it's quite a compelling journey, you know, as observing from the outside, what you guys are doing and what you've done with the organization, you know, in your, in your journey with this project and this, uh, target audience really in a way that you're working to minister to and connect faith Mm -hmm. to work, you know, I'm sure you've made a lot of pretty important and relevant observations over that journey. And so I, I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, what's the biggest spiritual challenge that you're observing that's you're, that believers are facing in the workplace, particularly in this tough season we're in right now, uh, where work yeah. and meaning and life, everything is upended, unknown, uncertain. Yeah. It's a challenging time. So do you see any common trends or areas that are kind of being widely lived or widely experienced with the folks you're working with? Hmm. That's a good question. And my mind goes to a few different places. Um, but, but honestly, like I think the biggest spiritual challenge today, even though the conditions might be a little different than maybe they were two years ago or 200 years ago, I honestly, I think the spiritual challenge is is the same as it has been in much of life for much of history, which is, do I, do I really trust and live in the presence of God? Do I desire union with Jesus above all things? Like, and the reason I say that is because, you know, like we are fundamentally created and invited into an abiding relationship with God. Right. And, you know, work, work just doesn't often feel like a natural place to encounter God, like to experience yeah. his presence Um, so there's sort of that challenge. Number one, that just doesn't, you know, you walk into a church, like the entire experience is, is sort of cultivated, you know, to, to bring you into an encounter with God works, not that way. Right. So there's that barrier. And, and then secondly, work offers so much of what we want or need at a deep level, you know, the significance, security, maybe a means for happiness, like, like work sort of says, Hey, I can offer you those things. Um, but it, it outside of, you know, outside of offering you those things and God, like it's going to fall short. So I think that, um, I think that the antidote for both of those barriers, like, am I looking to work to give me something only God can give and, and I encountering and being in the presence of God in this place called work, I mean, I think the antidote to both of those things is an abiding relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of back to what's the biggest spiritual challenge. Honestly, I think it's staying in an abiding relationship with Jesus in the context of work. Yeah. And that's really a sweet spot that I've seen work matters lean into and, and help people with, especially through your programs and your studies and even the conferences. That's definitely an overarching 
um, feel and message that I, I've picked up over the years. You know, I, one observation I wanted to you know, bring up from my perspective of working with hundreds, if not thousands of Christian professionals over the last 15, 20 years um, is kind of a pervading uh, view that's set in that's pretty common that people don't even know they tend to have this, but it's kind of built into us from early years and our Christian culture in a lot of ways. But I wanted to touch on uh, this concept of the sacred secular divide about how people, you know, you, yeah. you almost uh, hint at it when you, you know, talk about there's things that people feel they get different things from a church experience or a work experience. It's a bit convoluted right. Right. or confusing. And you feel like, you know, one thing is have to do, one thing is get to do, and it ends up being like separated in people's hearts and minds, even if they don't say that or wouldn't think that on a surface level. And so mm-hmm. one of the, I guess the this crippling thing that, you know, we see in the workplace a lot of times and in folks' lives is this this deeply ingrained view of work as secular, as a secular mm-hmm. activity that's actually somehow limiting your ability to do eternally valuable things in the kingdom. You know, some would even hold to what I describe in my book uh, as a low view of work, almost accidentally. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how it's imparted to us as we grow up. You know, where work is actually in the way of doing something spiritual, you could say that would be secular, that would be some kind of a roadblock to doing something for the Lord. In your experience working with as many believers as you have in the workplace, you know, do you observe a similar struggle, this kind of thing with the sacred secular divide? And does that play out in people's lives, even subconsciously? I think it does. Absolutely. I mean, is the short answer. I, I'm thinking, you know, so Barna, Barna put out a, a study, I want to say it was like two or three years ago on faith and work, you know, Christians at work. And they, you know, in their research with kind of practicing Christians, they sort of identified these three segments of compartmentalizers, onlookers, and integrators. Interesting. Integrators represented about, you know, and they're pretty much, you know, plus or minus a few percent, like a third, a third, a third of practicing Christians. And I mean, the names are, the names do well. Like you have the integrators who, again, by their metrics, you know, have a posture of wanting to integrate their faith and work. And then, you know, you have your compartmentalizers who have a posture of, you know, these are very separate things. They don't connect. Okay. I have no interest in connecting them. And so I think that, you know, for your, for your compartmentalizers, for about a third of believers, and I'd say this is probably true for us as well, you know, there's, there needs to be some convincing, like the sacred secular divide is a very overt, you know, conscious divide. But I think for a lot more people, there is a desire to want them to connect, but at a subconscious level, that divide is playing out. Right. You know, at least in our context, like the people we normally work with. You know, there's, there is there is such a strong narrative for, um, at least for college-educated Westerners, you know, kind of the knowledge economy, that's our primary audience. Right. There's such a strong narrative that work is a place where you can, you know, realize your hopes and dreams, really make a dent in the world, like do something that matters. And so, in a sense, it's like, you know, culture is validating something that we know deep in our hearts to be true. You know, that what I want to do with my gifts and creativity, like my work, it matters a great deal. But but culture doesn't connect that to the gospel narrative. Like that's, you know, that's, that's the church's job. And Hmm. because most of us like don't have like any level of intentional discipleship in that area of connecting, you know, sort of that 
what we want to be true from a work narrative to the gospel narrative. I think we're at some level just living out of two storylines, whether we realize it or not. And, um, right. you know, and so, yeah, I think that for most folks, like I said, you know, we, it, that kind of happens more to subconscious level, but the net effect is the same. I mean, we're, right. we're functionally living out of a, out of two different storylines and, you know, and that reaches a breaking point sooner or later. So in one way or another. Yeah, that's really true. Cause at some point you can only live disintegrated for so long before things yeah. start to come apart at the seams, so to speak, or it just doesn't make sense at a certain point. And people get yeah. frustrated and disillusioned in a lot of ways. I want to touch on these worldviews of work and kind of get your response mm-hmm. to this. This is an important thing uh, that I've discovered, kind of a golden key to unlocking people's potential in their lives is grasping uh, a hold of really what a true biblical worldview of work is. But I, in my book, you know, I quote a Christian thought leader and author, Daryl Miller, and he describes uh, worldviews of work. And I want to key in on one at the end here called evangelical paradigms. But let me mention the other ones just so people know kind of compare and contrast here. First one he mentions is animistic worldview regarding work. Uh, the distinguishing characteristic of this view is that work is necessary evil. You know, you just got to work to eat, so to speak. Then there's a materialistic worldview he puts out there. And the distinguishing characteristic of that view is that a person, you know, basically wants to succeed, have material wealth. It's pretty self-centered. Most of the world operates in that sphere. And then he goes into this term, dealing with this term of Gnosticism or the Gnostic thinking that's somehow gotten into our understanding of work. And so for those unfamiliar with Gnosticism, it's a philosophy that was heavily corrupting the early church and much of the apostles writing in the New Testament was aimed at refuting it. And a basic understanding of it is Gnosticism is based on two false premises, matter being and the tangible being inherently evil and what is spiritual or spirit being inherently good and those things being quite separate. But the effect was that people began to view everything in the, you know, of the body or in the physical as not having meaning or life only existing in the spiritual or the spiritual realm. So it led to quite a disintegrated existence. The way I describe the effect of the Gnostic worldview on work is it produced a denigration or a devaluing of work. And what I really like about what Daryl Miller puts out is that he highlights this kind of this area we're talking about with our audience, so to speak, the evangelical Gnostic paradigm or challenges in our thinking. And the first one he highlights as a distinguishing characteristic is that there's work that is spiritual and work that is secular. And he says, you know, from this perspective, the world and secular jobs are seen as slightly evil, bad, or only a little bit necessary. But if you want to do do something spiritual, then you go into full-time Christian service, this kind of thing. There's another one I want to touch on, but you know, I think what I hear you're saying is a lot of people that think this way, like that's more in like the first camp you're describing. That's people that are compartmentalized and, um, and then they're okay with that. And that really needs to be addressed in one way. Um, but the second view of evangelical Gnosticism with work, uh, that Daryl Miller points out is the more subtle one, I think. And this is a challenge is he says the distinguishing characteristic of this view is that one should endeavor to spiritualize your secular work. Some Christians who do not want to go into full-time Christian work seek to invest spiritual activity into their workplace. 
So he says, attempts are made to validate your work by spiritualizing it. These challenges of Gnosticism have really gotten into our Christian thinking. And I think that's one of the things I really appreciate about what you're doing with Work Matters is you're working to reintegrate kind of the compartmentalized. So is that is that fair to say that there's a bit of that Gnostic thinking that's crept in on all this? Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, and I want to be, I want to be careful too, like Daryl Miller points out, like in the term is evangelical Gnosticism, which is just one strain, mm-hmm. you know, of kind of the the global movement of Christianity. Right. And, you know, there, there are other, I think that they're depending on your, how you came to the faith and maybe even like where, where you are, um, you know, there might, there might be some traditions that don't, that where that's not as pervasive as right. others. Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that may recognize like works of justice and mercy and things like that, you know, with, with, with equal weight through work as, you know, we might look at evangelism or, or discipleship or whatever, but yeah, man, abs- absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you like in our work matters Institute, I mean, I think you've, you alluded to that a couple of times. That is the biggest thing we're focused on right now. Um, and that is our most comprehensive, you know, really like formational experience. And it's what we're just all about as an organization right now. Right. So, it, you know, in the Institute, we're, we're taking young professionals in, primarily young professionals, kind of early 20s to late 30s, who are very hungry to grow in their faith, very hungry to grow in their leadership, very, very eager to connect those two things in a more, you know, integrated way. Um, most of them, I would say, are coming in with a mindset, uh, whether it's clearly articulated or not, like are coming in with a mindset that, man, faith at work is it may be some other things, but mainly faith at work is, am I building relationships with coworkers to share the gospel and disciple them? And, you know, a big part of what we try to help them realize is, you know, this fuller story of God right. um, from creation to restoration um, and, and how work, you know, is a fundamental part of what it even means to be his image bearer in the first place part of how he accomplishes his work here, part of how he accomplishes his renewal work. Um, and, and, you know, just kind of an indispensable part of, of who we are. Um, so, yeah, like, I think we see that in real time with a lot of the folks that interact with, with our ministry. And you see people, you know, toward the end of that experience, like begin to put the pieces together in a more comprehensive and compelling way. So we always we always close with a, with a faith and leadership action plan, which, you know, essentially we're, we're, we're trying to, to teach and and help our participants develop a framework to identify brokenness in their area of influence, to envision what that brokenness looks like renewed. Um, You know, how would it work in the kingdom of God? And then, you know, what are some practical action steps to begin to close that gap? And, you know, what are some practices or habits that, you know, they need to adopt personally to, to be the type of person to close that gap. And it's interesting. I, I would tell you just, you know, we, we closed up an eight week online version of the class just a month ago okay. and probably 85% of the areas that people were addressing in that cohort were very explicit work oriented areas. So, you know, really kind of blowing that evangelical Gnosticism, you know, kind of out of, out of the water there. I love that. Um, 
And so that's a really good thing. You know, we, we might talk about more about that in a couple of minutes, but I think to answer the point of your question, like, yeah, I mean, we see it. It makes sense, right? Because, you know, at some point we came to faith, you know, we know that that is the central, like that is the central part of the good news that we need a rescuer and the rescuers come, you know, yeah, that's what we're celebrating right now during the season of that's Advent right. is the, is the, 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 the once in future coming of the, of, of our rescuer. And, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a good thing because if we're living with that evangelical Gnostic mindset, then we're still living out of two storylines. We're still, you know, we're, we're saying like at some level, God doesn't care about that eight hours I'm spending, like really, really utilizing my primary energy and gift mix. And maybe even what I, what I'm passionate about. He only cares about that lunchtime Bible study or prayer group, right. or whether I've shared a gospel track this week. And it's the same net effect. I mean, it's two storylines and it's going to produce disconnection and dissatisfaction. And it's ultimately undermining like the capacity you have to really be on mission with God in his project of renewing all things. Yeah, that's really well said. And I love how what you're, what you guys are doing and how your framework is operating is, is so in line with what Daryl Miller concludes his thoughts on, on his view of work. He, you know, with these worldviews of work, he says a biblical, an actual biblical worldview of work is a framework for work being sacred and for labor having dignity. He says this concept mm-hmm. of work is that it is a vocation, one's calling. He goes on, work is a calling of God upon an individual's life. It becomes the sphere, what I call metron, through which and not merely within which a Christian serves Christ and his kingdom. So he calls it occupation, the principal business of one's life through which one occupies territory or a sphere of influence uh, for Jesus. And I love that heart that you guys are pulling in the same direction for this reintegration about occupation and vocation and really leaning into that principal business aspect and for labor having dignity and recognizing calling and really ref you know fusing that back together for people and i think that one of the, my observations has been if people in the workplace who are believers really come at it from this integrated connected uh, holistic approach to their vocation um, they become like naturally spiritual. They become naturally supernatural in what they're doing. They become a naturally evangelistic. They become naturally excellent. Like everything just becomes natural, just starts to flow naturally. And I think one of the things yeah. that it speaks to the work environment uh, without preaching, so to speak, is that it speaks authenticity. Yes, yeah, so I love the authenticity of what you guys are doing. You know, what would you say is like the win? Like, what's your end goal? Where Where do you see things going for Work Matters? And where would you like it to land, say, in a, a year or two? What's that look like? Yeah, um, and we've been talking a lot about that um, recently. And, you know, we, for, for the past three or four years, our vision has been, I would call it maybe a maybe a vision of reach or of expansion. And it was to equip a million leaders of faith across 10,000 companies by 2025. Wow, excellent. And because of some things that were just totally unexpected God things, you know, partnership with version being probably chief among them, we we equipped our millionth leader back in September, what? four years ahead of that's schedule. amazing. Yeah, and by definition, you know, we were saying equipping is any interaction with our equipping content, whether that was a twelve month institute or a twelve minute you know, video or a two day devotional. Okay. So, but what we saw God do there is a couple of things. One, he, he just, 
proved yet again that his ability to use just a little bit of faith and, you know, our, whatever our offering, humble offering of work is like his ability to take that and multiply that just so far exceeds our capacity to imagine. One thing it did for us is just increase our faith. Yeah. You know, God, we can like, you're on the move here and we want to be part of it. And so where are you at work? The second thing that it did is just, you know, over the past year and through COVID and through being forced to try some different things, it really centered us in to say that our next vision, we want to continue reach. You know, we want to reach millions more. We want to equip them and put in their hands, you know, content that helps them integrate their faith and work. Yeah. But the core of our vision is going to be a vision of transformation. Okay. Of of really investing deeply in helping people move from a place of wherever they are to a place of of really being on mission, having a compelling vision for work, having sustainable habits and practices to, to, you know, to stay connected to God throughout the day, having a framework, a practical framework for how to initiate kingdom change, like I described with that action plan. And that really comes together in the Institute. And so our, our focus as an organization, well, I mean, back up, what we want to see as an organization is we want to see, you know, thousands more transformed in the way that they, the way that they approach vocation and mission, you know, really affecting the trajectory of their life and influence uh, for the kingdom. And the the mechanism, kind of the strategy that we have to do that is is in growing our institute. And so we are, uh, we're focused on a few things in the coming year. One is just our kind of flagship program, which we call Work Matters Institute Arkansas. And that's okay. 12 weeks of class, 12 months of mentorship, um, that will run January through December of 2022. You, know, you talk about 12 weeks of material. Like, how does that yeah. structure for people? Like, if they're interested in this, what does that look like over 12 yeah. months? So it, it kind of works through three phases. One is, um, you know, perspective shift. So kind of seeing better understanding their story, sort of the story we're living in right now and God's story and, you know, kind of where we where we fit into that. The The second phase would be more of a practical framework. And that's where we bring in, uh, leaders from the business community to kind of share on, you know, some different lenses of how to practically integrate your faith and work and, you know, do a lot of intense Q&A, really help them connect the dots in a, in a practical way. And the last phase is that is that action plan, which which we really see as our framework for change, you know, just kind of a simple process for how they can, you know, advance the kingdom through their work. And then they leave that 12-week class and kind of continue in a once a month small group mentorship rhythm for the balance of the year. So it's 12 weeks. Is it, is it like an intensive or do you do it while you're in work, you're working your career job at the same time or how does oh, that gotcha. work? Yeah, it's, it's a once a week class. Um, okay. You know, after hours, typically two hours a week, maybe another hour of reading per week. So it's definitely designed to fit into your job. Okay. So you do that for 12 yeah. weeks and then you have a once a month after that for the rest of the year, essentially for the 12 months. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yes. That's excellent. Okay. That's right. So it gives people a good idea what they'd be looking at. Is that virtual? Uh, is that in person or how does that structure these days with everything going on? Yeah. Yeah. So for the last year and a half, it's been all virtual for, for the coming year, we're going to, we're going to alternate being in person between Northwest Arkansas and Little Rock. So for the class experience, that'll be- okay. You know, that'll be live and in person, you know, kind of alternating weeks where it is. But I will say, you know, as we really focus on more of a vision of transformation and scaling the Institute, 
you know, we're also, we've also rolled out a uh, shorter virtual only option that will continue next year. And that's an eight week class only. Okay. Yeah. And where do they go to check out the opportunities? And What's your website? Workmatters.org. And obviously the Institute is what we're, what we're most focused on. That's, that's, you know, that is, that's where we're putting our major investment. And then we'll also be bringing back our conference in 2022, kind of reimagined through the lens of the Institute. Okay. Man, I'm such a big fan of Work Matters and uh, what you guys are doing. So it's been really great to have you on this program, Ben. I really appreciate you, appreciate your work and your service in the kingdom of God. So thanks for your time and thanks for sharing with us today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd say the same back to you, Jonathan. I mean, we've I think first met in the second year of, of what has now become the Institute back yeah. in 2011. And, um, you know, I've certainly gotten to, gotten to stay connected over the years and it's, it's fun to kind of be locking arms and being kind of in this bigger realm of, you know, helping people get a bigger vision and, and equipped and, you know, ultimately really live out more kingdom purposes in all of life, especially work. So grateful for what you're doing. Thanks for letting me be a part of it today. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.